Hello, welcome into your favorite football podcast, and we have a lot to talk about, Raceland. I mean, not a lot of major news, but a lot of significant stuff going on in the world of the NFL. Um, as we know, I mean, we had a signing in the NFL that's pretty significant when it comes to a playoff contender, um, and a couple other nuggets going on in the NFL that we should hit on. But let's first let's get to that signing. I mean, we all know by now, Jadavion Clowney signing with the Cleveland Browns for a one-year deal. Um, it's going. It could be up to ten million dollars. I think a million it's, it's, of that. It, it's up to it's up to eleven. Um, from what I'm hearing, it looks like it's a base set at like eight or nine. Yeah, with some incentive with base. With incentive base, yes. Yeah, so you're pretty pretty typical one year contract. Yeah. Um, obviously, I think he signed a one year deal last season, but I think it was yes. for way less. It was like for two or three million dollars last season. I don't think it was that low. I want to say it was more around the realm of maybe five, six. Five, four, five, maybe even six. But either way, I mean, it's a pretty significant pay increase for Clowney. Um, well, he played well last year. So he I did. Think, I, mean, I think he deserves it. Yeah, I mean, he had nine sacks last year through 14 games, um, and then 33 tackles total. I think he had 20 on his own, which not a bad stat line considering if you look at he's on the cross from Miles Garrett. Mm-hmm. But I think really if you look at a sign like this too, Raceland, it's beyond the stats. Like obviously nine sacks. Uh, you're one away from double digits. That's nothing right. to sneeze at. Right. And, um, and one thing that, if I can, I'm going to try and find it, QB pressures. Yeah. Because that's a big significant stat there, too. It makes you wonder, too, because you, you made a good point there. It makes you wonder why that's not a key stat line that people look at. I mean, I think we all get too attached to the stat line of the tackles and the sacks. But quarterback pressures, it could be just as – I mean, if you depending on what former head coaches you listen to that either coach college or the pros mm-hmm. – they think that the QBR is actually more – not QBR, Q, quarterback pressures. QBR is a different rating. Yes. But they say that Q, the quarterback pressure stat is actually more important to them because that's when you truly affect the game. I mean, Aaron Donald, look at Aaron Donald race. I mean, he doesn't have the, the eye-popping sacks that, stat line that some people have. Right. But his pressure and the way he affects the game – is huge. I mean, he literally look at this. I mean, obviously he got the game winning sack in the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. but even if he doesn't get that sack and he makes Joe Burrow throw the ball quicker, he doesn't see an open receiver down the field. So, but yeah, you made a good point. That's the stat line I think we all overlook way too much. But I mean, did you end up finding the stats? No, I didn't. But I also see that he forced two fumbles last year for Cleveland. So that I mean, that's uh, I'm, I'm going to try and dig a little bit more, but. I definitely think it's well worth it. Uh, he's been a, a solid player most of his career. He had a couple of decent years in, in Houston uh, and then kind of fell off there when he got to Tennessee and Seattle and, and now being back or being with Cleveland last year kind of re- revitalized what he was doing um, back when he played for Houston. So it makes you wonder, though. I mean, if you look at Clowney, again, I think we've talked about this on the show. He kind of reminds me of a guy, and I think we talked about it when we did the collab, if I, I, I could be wrong, but talking about how Kayvon Thibodeau could really thrive under some veteran leadership. I wonder if this is the same for Clowney. I mean, if you look at his best years in Houston, he was under J.J. Watt. He All of a sudden, he's in Tennessee and Seattle where he has to be the guy when it comes off the edge, yeah. and he doesn't do so hot. Then he comes to Cleveland, and he posts a pretty good stat line. So I wonder if, he's, if it's – when he's in a locker room that has a veteran guy that has is on the top of his game, on on the contrary too of 
Clowney doesn't have to be the guy. There's not the well, guy, you know, the double teaming and the pressure of being the guy. And that's not a knock. I mean, I mean, if you as long as you produce on the field, that's all that matters. I mean, when it right. comes to, you know, being the guy or being the guy across from the guy, like it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. But I, I think it's a good fit for Clowney. It obviously showed last year it's a good fit for him, and I think it could be a good long-term fit. Now, cap issues with Cleveland with the whole Deshaun Watson contract and whatnot could – dictate from that but at the same time Raceland, I mean again one year I mean it could lead to bigger and better things but it would be hard if Clown, I mean, for Clowney to leave Cleveland especially he has another good stat line back-to-back years but I think the money's gonna be too much offered to him after this season if he has another good year yeah we'll have to wait and see on that uh so he finished the season with nine sacks 19 QB hits 11 tackles for loss and 14 games um, Pro Football Focus credited him with 53 pressures on 390 rushes uh, for a solid pressure rate of 13.6%. So, all in all, again, like they said, it, a solid pressure rate. I mean, for a guy of, of, of his caliber, that's about par for what he can do. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you look at that pressure rate of 50, right, if you, I know, I mean, People might hear the 300 and say, that's not a lot of pressures to that many snap counts. Well, you're not rushing the quarterback every snap. So really, the way I look at that stat line is, okay, he had 50-something pressures in 14 games. You divide that by 14 by that 50. That's how many times he pressed the quarterback. Yeah. So that's times that he could have had another sack. So, again, I I think that's going to be huge for Clowney. Um, I think also what's going to help Cleveland is – beefing up that secondary and they actually yeah. have a linebacking core that can help that the front four, the front three or four yeah um cleveland i mean i again we all talk about their defense last year being the i mean not last year but two years ago being the achilles heel a lot a lot of the times yeah um but now it's kind of a 180 from last year it's it was the offense that was the achilles heel but now it, it's starting to come together they go make the trade for watson now obviously we all know about the civil cases but we're not going to get into that right now yeah um but when you talk about strictly the defense that defense is a Super Bowl caliber defense. They really are. They are a top 10 defense in the league right now. Some could argue maybe even top five. It just depends on how well how well they come out and play this year. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I think it's going to be a team that can, will keep you, even if they had the same offense as last season, again, they've proven they're going to keep you in a lot of games. Now, obviously, you had the anomalies, like New England putting 50 on them. Like, yeah. it, it happens. Like, it, it, it happens. It happens. Um, maybe not 50 worth, but even the best defense allowed 30 some points at one point. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out for Javion, but let's move along to another piece of news that I had for us today, Raceland, And that's kind of something I saw on the internet and it's kind of, an, and it's a thing, but Kyle Shanahan says that he expects Jimmy Grappolo to still be traded. Um, apparently the shoulder injury of his that throughout the off season has kind of hindered, slowed down the process, which as expected, right. Um, but I mean, where do you think he goes? That's where the reality is. It's, it's already been kind of a crazy year when it comes to big names, moving teams. Um, now the kind of the other thing is Jimmy Garoppolo's average salary is $27.5 million and his contract ends in a year. I mean, he'll, it ends in 2023. So again, if a team's going to trade for that cat pit for that, that minimal of time, you're looking at a playoff team. Yeah. Is there a playoff team that's ready to win now that's going to be willing to make that trade? In my opinion, no. No. Um, and going off of what we've been hearing 
with Baker. Uh, I told you today uh, that you know, the Panthers want Cleveland to eat 13 or 14 million of, of his cap. So, and so they're only looking at wanting to pay him four or five million dollars mm-hmm. to where Cleveland pays the rest of it. Um, I'm not hearing any teams being thrown around that have been in contact with the Niners for Jimmy Garoppolo. Probably mainly because of that contract and the shoulder surgery. Well, that and is Jimmy Garoppolo worth the twenty-seven half million that he's making? I mean, sure, he went to the Super Bowl, but that's that was one year. And I know people are going to say, well, he did help San Fran go to the NFC Championship game last year, but that really wasn't Jimmy Garoppolo. That was the defense and Debo Samuel doing what they do. I right, mean, right. it's not like Jimmy Garoppolo had a stunner of a year throwing the football. No, he 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 didn't. I'm going to look up his stats real quick. Um, but it it seems like he's going to. They they're either going to have to eat most of that cap, like Cleveland is going to have to for Baker, uh, or he's still going to be a San Francisco 49er until the end of this upcoming season. Yeah, and, and racing to that point, I mean, if you look on the the list of teams in the league, not a lot need quarterbacks. I mean, sure, they're a team that need quarterbacks, you know, right now, but none that's going to be willing to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo in that contract. And the team that, especially if we talk about playoff contenders, potentially, even though it's a long shot, they're not going to trade to him because that's Seattle in the comp in the division. Yeah, exactly. Like that's the only team I can think of because Carolina has pretty been pretty, you know, they've been pretty, you know, heavy on. Hey, we're fine with not getting a quarterback. Right. I mean, and like you said, you just gave the example of well, if Carolina was so desperate to find a quarterback, they'd be willing to eat that cap that Baker has. But the fact that they're saying no, 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 we want you to eat some of it too. That shows that they they're willing to go on that hill of Sam Darnold. Well, so they're willing to go on that hill of Sam Darnold. Uh, obviously, they just drafted Matt Corral. We'll, we'll see how well he can do throughout OTAs and, and mini camps and whatnot before the season starts. He'll get playing time in the preseason. We'll see how he runs there. Um, and and I read yesterday. I don't know if I told you or not. I think I may have that Carolina has has gone to Cam Newton and said, "Hey, look, you know." We'll bring you back, but you have to take significant less money, and you have to understand that you're probably not going to get a start. You're going to end up being the backup. So, Which, it kind of sounds like Cam is ready to be in that role. Possibly. I think he kind of just wants to be on a roster right now. It's a very good possibility. I mean... It's a very good possibility. I don't know. Uh, I got Garoppolo's numbers here. So, last year, he had 3,800 passing yards, 20 touchdowns, 12 interceptions for a QBR of 98.7. Not bad. Pretty good. Well, I mean, it's not bad, but if you look at 20 touchdowns and 12 interceptions, I mean, you would like that interception rate to be a little bit down. Right. Well, um, it, especially compared to that touchdown ratio. But that quarterback, the quarterback rank, uh, 98, ain't terrible. He's average, middle of the league. Yeah. So it, going back and comparing to what he had uh, back in 2019 when they went to the Super Bowl, um, he had almost 4,000 passing yards, 27 touchdowns, 13 interceptions for a QBR of 102. So a little bit better, obviously, all around uh, going based off of last year and then his Super Bowl year when they went. Uh, obviously, this, the interceptions went up by one, but when you throw seven more touchdowns as opposed to uh, what you did this year back in your Super Bowl year, that's fine. And then throwing for almost 200 more yards. Well, the Super Bowl year, he was a very pivotal part. I mean, he was kind of lights out. I mean, he was. He, he, he was. He, and, and when it came to the 
uh, postseason, all but one game he he had been all but okay. Let me let me preface this: all but one game and one play he had been on point. Because if you look back at that Green Bay game in the NFC Championship, he only threw the ball ten times. Yeah. And then if you look into that Super Bowl loss to the Chiefs, he makes one bad throw, and they cost him. So out out if 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 he completes that pass, we're not talking about. Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs and Super Bowl champions. We're talking about Jimmy Garoppolo and the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, and, and two, to that point is you look at that past, though, I think a lot of people look at that because we got to remember the journey that Jimmy Garoppolo went on. I mean, you got to remember Bill Belichick went to bat to keep Jimmy Garoppolo, yeah. but they, they had to pretty much give him away. Right. Um, I think now that you look at his journey, like I said, I mean, he was behind Tom Brady. So you're going to be compared to Tom Brady naturally because of the whole situation that unfolded around that. Yeah. And in that game, Tom Brady makes the pass. Jimmy Garoppolo didn't. Right. And again, I think I think too we get so caught up on one play. I mean, I get it. Like that was a huge play, and it does show. Like now, it makes you wonder: Can he make that play? And when it matters most, especially when, well, look at last year. It, wasn't very pretty. I mean, 20 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. I right. mean, not awful, but it's very average. Yes. But, again, he's not a guy that's going to lose you the game. And then I, I – but, so, but to win the Super Bowl, you can't have that guy. you got to well, have a guy so, that's – especially in the league today. Well, and, and here's my here's my thing. And, and yes, I'm going to defend a, a player from a, a rival team. I don't put – all of the blame on Garoppolo for that one throw because you got to remember San Francisco was up thirty-one to ten with five minutes to go. Ten minutes to go, I think it was ten minutes, and they blew oh, man. it. They, that, they were up. That they game. were they were up twenty-one. They were up three touchdowns with ten minutes to go. Their def- the, the San Francisco 49ers defense blew it. Well, they should have never put Garoppolo in that position to begin with. No, and even if you fast forward to this past NFL postseason race, when it's Unfortunately, they ran into the Rams at the last. The Rams were, I hate to use this word, but it was like they were destined to win that damn game. It almost I mean, seemed like it you was literally like... you you blew it late against the Buccaneers, against the Tom Brady and a Buccaneers defense that a year ago was literally talked about as the best defense in the league. Yeah, and you hit a bomb the Cooper Cup. Mm-hmm. Like that happened a couple times with the Rams this past postseason. It did, and. It even happened against the 49ers in that same game. Yeah. Like, there's sometimes where you just say it's freaking destiny to make the playoffs and destiny to make the Super Bowl. Like, there's no other way you can explain it. I know people I know people out there right now are probably – their ears are bleeding because they hear my, they hear that. But well, what other explanation is there? I mean, well, in and, any and, other circumstances and, and tell, that happen? I'll tell you this. You look at that first game, that wild card game against the Cardinals, and it still stings to this day that we lost. But it did seem like destiny. Because the Cardinals hadn't played that bad all season. Now, they started out 7-0 and faltered and ended up with 10 wins. And they had played some decent football. They hadn't played that bad. Yeah, It almost seemed like it was destiny. Now, you can credit the fact that Kingsbury had no playoff experience. Um... Kyler didn't. D Hop had maybe one or two games in the playoffs for experience. A lot. The, the most. It seems like the most experienced guy on that team was James Conner, because a lot of the guys that the Cardinals had this past season as starters were guys that they had drafted. Yeah, I mean, but 
I mean, that, that that's a whole another conversation I know, I because know. that's the the rise and the fall, literally all. Well, and, and that's and that's kind of where I'm going with like you know, obviously the Cardinals aren't having a ton of playoff experience on that team at, 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 when it comes to the starters, um, and then playing that the way they did and how badly they did made it seem like okay, the Rams could be this team. I didn't think they could be. I thought we were going to see a Kansas City, uh, Tampa Bay rematch. But the, the Rams go out and, and they win. And then I, they win it all. Yeah, I mean, I think too, though, man, I think looking on paper, everybody knew that the Rams were, the Rams were capable of doing what they did. Sure. Well, a lot of those teams were capable. There were only a hand, maybe two or three teams that didn't seem like they had it had it in them to go. And I'll be honest, I didn't think San Fran did up until the last three minutes of that game against the Rams. I thought the I'm going to be honest with you. The 49ers were one of those teams where we we overlooked besides Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel was a superstar last year, yes. and so was um, Nick Bosa. Yes. But I think the, the 49ers are a team that we overlooked last year because the way they played the football game. Yes. They weren't a team that were going to go throw the ball around the yard for you know 400 yards. I think we – I wouldn't say – Everybody. I'm not trying to lump everybody into this category. Right, right, right. But there is a good chunk of the football fan base that gravitate towards that flashy play style anymore. To where if you don't play that flashy play style, they don't think you're any good. Right. And the reality is San Francisco kind of is one of the they, – they're, they're not a team that's going to line up in the fullback and let you run. They're not going to go eye formation very much. But they do play some old-fashioned football in the sense of we're not going to throw the ball 40 times a game. No. We're going to line up with a tight end. We're going to give the ball to the running back or the best player on the field. And guess what? We're going to eat the clock on you. Yeah. I mean, for example, against Jacksonville, the whole first quarter was taken by the 49ers mm-hmm. damn near. Yeah, I remember you telling me about so that. It's, it's not the flashy way that people are attracted to. Like It's kind of like the analogy of, you know, during the summertime, the mosquitoes attract the light. Mm-hmm. Well, football fans, the light is the flashy play, which yes. is fun, fine because yes. it's fun to watch. I'm not saying no, it's it not is. fun to watch. But I think we have gotten kind of comfortable with the fact that if you aren't flashy, you're not good. Right. And I think the 49ers were that. Well, and, and the Niners only won nine games last year. They were 9-8. and eight. Well, They barely made the playoffs. But, again, that's – I get that, but let's – reverse track a little bit. I mean, back when Sam, uh, Seattle first got in the postseason, um, and we got to remember when Marshawn Lynch, the, literally the, the score heard around the world because it literally created an earthquake there right. in Seattle. They were a 7-9 football team entering that game. Yeah. That division was terrible. Remember, the no, they won bad. the division because they hosted the playoff game in the wild card round. Yeah. And they went, I think they won game two, one or two games in. Yeah, because w- – yeah, because that was the year that Marshawn Lynch, when they played the Saints, had like four or five broken tackles. Yeah, and ran to the house. Is that? I mean, that was a crazy game. That was a but, crazy game. But again, just and they, and they and they say it all the time when the NFL is getting to that November December range. It's mm-hmm. it's about making it in the dance. Yes, because man. If you make it in, anything can happen because we've seen it hundreds of times. Right. I mean, you look at that Seattle team. You look at Jacksonville. I'm not trying to be a homer, but this is legit. Jacksonville back in 1996, they were they were awful. They, yeah. I think they started out two and six, yeah. and then they went to the playoffs. They 
They they they beat Atlanta because of Morton Anderson missed the kick. They get in the playoffs. They go to Denver, no chance in hell. Cue Vince McMahon, and they go in. They create. They 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 literally get the the. Um, trying to they had the most. They were the most underdog rated team to win at that time. Right, right. Was well, in Denver against yeah. John Elway and Terrell Davis and crew, and then they go beat Buffalo. They they were literally in the AFC Championship game, like. Yeah. But that's the, what I'm saying. It, it, there's multiple, multiple, multiple examples of that. And San Francisco is kind of that last year. I mean, early on in the year, we didn't think they were going to make the dance. They did, and look what happened. I mean, it's right. about making the dance. Well, and you go you talk about Jacksonville, you can go back to the 2017 season. Um, Jacksonville had been not great for years. All of a sudden, they have one great year. And it, they make the playoffs, and it seems like, okay, you know, Jacksonville made the playoffs. They're probably going to get bounced. Game one, no, they win. Okay, they'll probably they're def- they're they're gonna get bounced. Game two, no, they made it to the FC Championship and almost won. Yeah, and you bring up that year too. And again, it, I hate saying this because it's the first good year we had in ten years, and the last good one and seems like ten years. But if you look at that year, the AFC South was so bad, man. Like they were bad. Houston was down because I think they had Brock Osweiler as a quarterback. That was yeah. before Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. Um, Tennessee, they didn't have Tannehill, and I think that was that was Mariota years, but yep. they were kind of up and down. And then the Colts, the Colts were the Colts. They were bad that year. I mean, they were terrible. Um, that, that was wasn't it the first year Andrew Luck didn't play? That was the year. Yeah, he was out, I believe. So the AFC South was bad, but they still won ten football games, and they still beat the teams like Seattle. I mean, yeah. and people. I mean, that was the game. Honestly, that was a December game, and I remember that game because I was Jacksonville's kind of in that win one, lose one, win one, lose one, win one, lose one, and then they would lose to teams like Arizona, who was led by Blaine Gabbert, and and teams like that. Hey now, but okay, well, let's <laughs> be real here. here. I don't blame you. Though. Yeah, but, I know what you're talking about. But then you're like, okay, what is this team? And the game that they showed really like we they could make a difference in the playoffs. Yeah, was Seattle. Yeah, because. They beat up on Seattle to the point to where the fans were talking trash and a Seattle player wanted to go fight in the fans. Yeah. Now, granted, they did throw something, which I never condone. Like, it didn't mean. No, no, no yeah, we, we, we've had those talks. Yeah, I don't condone that. So that's why he got enticed to go. And I, if I remember correctly, there was something thrown there. He didn't like just jump in there and try to beat up somebody. Right. Um, but then, like you said, they get a lucky draw playing Buffalo with Tyrod Taylor, who. Yeah, I mean that game was so boring, man. It was so fun, but so boring. It was ten to three. I mean, it, it is what it is. I think Ben Koyak or something like that got the the. <laughs> Who exactly? It's not even on the team no more. Um, He's not playing on any team ever anymore. He was a tight end out of Notre Dame, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it just happens that way. But I don't know. I mean, we'll have to see what uh what happens with Garoppolo. As we said, there's not a lot of suitors, so I'm very curious to see what happens with that. Yeah. But you bring up backup quarterbacks when you mentioned Cam Newton. One thing I don't have on the document here, but something we have to talk about, is Colin Kaepernick finally getting an official NFL workout with the Raiders. Yeah, he worked out with the Oakland Raiders on Wednesday this past or this week. Um, and it, obviously he would be, I guess if you want to consider interviewing uh, for the backup position, because obviously he's not going to take the start from Derek Carr. Derek Carr is a good enough quarterback. He's in my opinion, he is a top ten quarterback. Um, he's there, like on the the fringe of the tenth, but he's still there. He's a guy who who he 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 right now in the NFL he is known as Mister Clutch. 
because when it comes to fourth quarter drives, he has one of the best records when it comes to game winning drives, and whether it's overtime or fourth quarter. Um, so he's not going to get the start there in, in uh, Vegas, but he he could be a type of guy because Derek Carr does, or uh, yeah, yeah, Derek Carr uh, does have some injury issues every now and again. Mm-hmm. He might miss a game or two here and there. Mm-hmm. And Colin Kaepernick, if he becomes the second string, we'll have to see how he does when it comes to playing in a full game, not a simulated game like at OTAs or at uh, maybe a, a tryout practice. Because um, he hasn't thrown a football in a real game in how long now? Dude, it's been six years, six, seven, seven years. years. Yeah. It's been quite a while, so we'll have to wait and see how he does. If he makes the roster, he's definitely going to get time in preseason to see. Oh, without a doubt, to see how he can do against, especially when it comes to against teams' second and third string players. So let me let me pose this question to you, Raceland. The Raiders have four games this year in preseason. Yeah. Do you and if if let's say Kaepernick's workout went well, we don't know what how it went. We nothing. I, I haven't heard anything. How it went. Yet. I haven't. Either. But let's say it went well. And he I, throw that out the window. He's probably going to get a chance. It is what I think he's going to get the I'm chance. Gonna, I'm going to look it up. I think it's going to get a chance. Hands. So he makes. Let's say he's on the team. Yeah. The Raiders play in the Hall of Fame game this year. Yes. Do you play him the whole game? No. I would. No, because you want to get I, you want to get some other quarterbacks a little bit of time. Why? And and you what, but I hear and, what you're saying. I, I hear you. And I understand where you're coming from because you want to see if he can play a full game. I want to see how he does in a full game. I want to see how he does from the opening drive to halftime adjustments to end game adjustments. A lot of people overlook that. End game adjustments, do. Do. halftime adjustments, coming out, playing a full game, and if you're lucky enough and you might be in the Hall of Fame game is if the game is on the line on the last drive and he has the ball. Because guess what? If he can do all those things well, then you have a backup. But if he goes out there and stinks it up in the fourth quarter or third quarter because teams have figured him out, then you might want to pause. And I hear what you're saying. You want to get more quarterbacks look because the preseason, you're trying to figure out who's going to make the roster. Right. But let's be quite frank. If Colin Kaepernick's on that roster, he's the backup. You're you're figuring out your practice squad guy. You don't need a full – you have three other games to get tape on other guys. Right. So why not use that fourth game, especially the Hall of Fame game, as a as a meter? So for me, I guess if if you want to play in the full game and the the Hall the Pro Bowl or the Hall of Fame game, excuse me, the Hall of Fame game, if you want to play him the full game there, uh, it has to be a close game. If it's not close going into the third quarter, whether he's winning or losing, uh, well, if it's a blow, you have your hand. I mean. If you have your, if it's a blowout, you kind of. Either way, you have your answer. Right. Because if you're losing to, no offense, if you're losing to Jacksonville secondary and third third string guys, you're probably not doing well enough, and you're not probably not going to make the team. Uh, if you're doing really well, then yeah, you're going to get more playing time when it comes to preseason play because then obviously you have three other games to play. But you got to look at it this way: if he's being blown out either way, he's not going to play the full game. He's going to play. Yeah. He's going to play probably. Well, and it depends on when he the, the blowout starts to happen. Because if you go into halftime and you're up three touchdowns, he's probably not going to come out and play. But if, no, nor but, should he. But, I if, mean. but if you go into the locker room only up ten, 
and he's played the first full two quarters, he's probably going to play again in the third just to see, again, like you said, how he can make these adjustments. Yeah, I mean, I just, I, I get, I, I I know what you're saying, and I know a lot of people are going to agree with you about the not playing the full game, but if I'm the coach of the Raiders, if I'm Josh McDaniels, and I have a guy that has not played in a full game in six years, or any type of competitive football in six years. His, his last workout was... Um, I've got it up here. I'm trying to find it. Um, maybe not. I, I thought I'd he's seen. never had an NFL workout till now. Because remember, the NFL was what so I his, set his, up the the workout. And he went to his, his own. His first private workout in five years. That's a big deal, man. I know. Uh, so what I'm reading, uh, Ra- Ian Rappaport put this out uh, this afternoon uh, around one o'clock. Uh, Eastern time. Uh, it says on Con Kaepernick's workout with the Raiders. Sounds like it went well, he, and he's in, and he impressed. Uh, the door is open. So now I guess it's up to the Raiders to see if they want to sign him. At and yeah, that's a vague statement. Yeah, it went well. Yeah, he impressed. Okay, did he throw in shorts and a t-shirt? Did he throw in pads? Well, um, if we're gonna but if we're gonna go down that route. Everything aside, whether the, the the political stuff, kneeling, no kneeling, right. no, all that and, aside, and, and I'm not talking to any. Of that. I know, but for my point, I'm about to make. Yeah, I get it. Shorts and t-shirt, but we're only a year removed from Tim Tebow getting a tryout and, and an actual ninety-man roster. That's because he was Urban's boy. But, but I get it. And I, that's, I get it. I, I'm still but, on the, the, the train that that's the only reason he got a tryout is because. Okay, so we all know that's why he's got the tryout. But what I'm saying is, look, if he. Colin's kind of doing it the hard way compared to what Tebow did. Well, yeah. Tebow got the handout. Let's call what it is. It was a handout. Yeah. He didn't pay it out. No. He got cut. Yeah. Colin Kaepernick. Is literally doing a private workout just to get a chance to be on the ninety man. Well, and it's coming out now that apparently there were two or three other teams who were interested in holding, possibly holding a private workout with him. Now that he's had this workout with the Raiders, do you feel like around the league too? I mean, I'm not trying to get controversial and political here, but if that's the case, Raceland, if they wanted to work him out, why didn't why weren't they the first one? Do you think teams around the league were kind of just saying we don't want to be the first? I, yes, that's exactly what I think. I think that teams were looking at it saying, you know, we have some interest in him, but we don't want to be the first team to pounce. Um, and Mark Davis for the Raiders said that he would have full full trust in Kaepernick as a quarterback uh, if they were to bring him in and they need him to start a few games if Carr can't play. He yeah. Said he'd have full faith in him. So, now, with that being said – with how the workout went, it sounds like he may end up being a part of the Raiders organization. We'll have to wait and see how he plays when it comes to, because again, we don't know if it was in shorts and a t-shirt or if it was in pads. He's not have, Johnny Manziel in his, in his pro day. He's going to be in shorts. I mean, yeah, I would no, assume he's in shorts yeah. and a t-shirt. So we'll have to see how he can throw when when you put the pads on, because if you've never played football before, throwing in shorts and a t-shirt is a whole lot different than throwing in pads. Agreed, but it's a whole lot easier because you have more range of movement uh, when it comes to the shoulder, uh, and then you look at again. He hasn't played a full fledged game in about five or six years. Yeah, but to be and to that remark though is if yes, it's in a shorts and t shirt. But if he makes the team, if they say yeah, let's give him a shot, he'll be in a helmet tomorrow. Yes, I mean OTAs are starting. I mean 
OTAs is right around the corner. OTAs, OTAs so, for some teams have already started. Jacksonville's already started. Like The Cardinals started this week. So, so you're going to find out what you got. Yes. And and that's why I say, man, if you're, if, you, if you're really considering him being your backup or your practice squad guy, then why not play him the full game? Or at least a vast majority. Don't do the two series or out. Right, right. Well, BS. no, no. He, he, unless they know going into like game three and four that he's definitely going to be the backup. Um, he's he's going to play more than than a lot of other quarterbacks because they want to give him as much experience as possible. Um, because let's say he comes out in that first game against Jacksonville, does really well. They're going to give him some more time when it comes to game two. If he plays really well in game two of the preseason. He's going to get a little bit. Maybe not as much time as what game one and game two were. He's still going to get some time. Come game four, he's probably only going to play two or three series and then be done. If they know then and there that he will be their backup. I think it's going to be, I think the third game is the one that's going to be the, the little by little series because usually teams use that third preseason game as your tryout. I mean, you got to remember the Raiders had that typical four because of the Hall of Fame game. And back in the day, you know, just two years ago, but back in the day, you know, that third was the dress rehearsal. Yeah. So their car's probably going to get the the first three quarters. Yes. So that third game, but again, I think one thing I want to preface too is because we are so prisoner of the moment that sometimes, let's say he goes out that first game and stinks it up. Yes. Oh well. Like it's not a good look. It's going to bring news and contra. It's going to be. It's going to bring attention. But people have to remember. It's his first game in six years. Yeah. Live game. Full live game. I mean, Rayson, I don't know about you, but if I haven't thrown a football in a while, yeah. I can barely hit the side of the house. <laughs> That's rough, buddy. I mean, it is rough. That's but rough. It, but it's like any other sport. If you haven't played a basketball game in 20 years and you go out and try to shoot a three-pointer, you're gonna it's going to be terrible. You're going to be rusty. So and, what, and he's going to be rusty. Now, no matter how much time you give him when it comes to OTAs and minicamps and whatnot, he's still going to be rusty because you're not going full-on fledged game. <coughs> Excuse me. You can run scenarios when it comes to practices and whatnot, but scenarios are completely different, again, from playing an actual game. Oh, for sure. I mean, it, it's... it's... Well, and, and, and another thing you got to think about, too, is, yeah, he's going to go play this full game, and he's going to play these simulations and, and practice and whatnot. But when it comes to practice, you know this. If anybody's ever coached or played the game of football, you know this. You're not going to touch the quarterback. No. You, your number one rule as a defensive lineman or linebacker is you do not touch the quarterback. If anything, you give him a tap on the head, you give him a tap on the shoulder, and say, okay, that's the same. You don't even do that. You don't even do that. I know some people. Yeah, you don't even do that. I know some people do because we used to. We, if, I, if you get to the quarterback, it's it's just a light tap. Where I where I know the the place. I mean, in my coaching career and and in my playing days, we didn't even touch the quarterback. Yeah, I know some places because we know, didn't want tripping up on them. Like it was one of those things where because we at least the way we you know the under the the head coach lineage that I've been brought under is you want the quarterback to still be able to make the throw because you still want that timing practice well, involved. Well, and, and so that's what we would do. So what what would run is if you got a clean line to the quarterback, you would, you would get to him and you would touch him, but you would still let the play run, and he would still make the throw. Yeah. But again, too, it, it's... So, and you got to think, though, again, back to my point real quick, and I hate to cut you off, but how much can he take ahead anymore? That's, that's going to be my next point. Because that's where I was going with it. You know, you don't touch the quarterback. 
in practice. But when it comes to an actual game, let's say uh, Trayvon Walker goes out there, first play of the game, he gets the rush if, if Kaepernick's out there and he crushes Kaepernick. I mean, I'm sorry, but... How is Kaepernick going to feel? He's going to be pretty sore. My thing is this, too, is man, Trayvon Walker, I mean, granted, he's a rookie. That's a big man. Come, big, that's, ju- that's athletic man coming your way. If you get Trayvon Walker right off that, that edge, untouched, and he smashes Colin Kaepernick, how is he going to take that hit? Or do you want better? Another rookie, Devin Lloyd. Devin Lloyd. Chad Muma. I mean, there are some athletic dudes now, and and, well, and, and to and that point, Raceland. And look at look at what they already have with uh, Miles Jack or not Miles Jack. Sorry, um, Josh Allen. He ain't gonna play. <laughs> Josh Allen. Well, well, okay, fine. But just again for an example, like Josh Allen plays. Josh Allen's a veteran guy. He he knows how to hit an NFL quarterback. Yes. He's gonna hit. Maybe not as hard as what some of these rookies would because they want to get out there and they want to show their power. They want to show their dominance. But he knows how to hit an NFL quarterback. He knows what he's doing. That could impact more than what a power hit would. Yes. I mean, I got two more points and then we're moving on. One one point is outside of taking a hit, one thing that Colin Kaepernick really did really well in when in his time in the NFL and kind of made his career on mm-hmm. was being able to break those long runs in the outside mm-hmm. the pocket, use his feet. I mean, don't get me wrong. He was able to throw the ball across the yard. Yes. But really was breaking those long runs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm just wondering. I mean, he's older now. I mean, it's six years out. He's six years older. Yeah. And how, how and can that, he still do that? Can he still move as well as he did? Probably not, but we're going to have to wait and see. That's, and, and that's the thing. We're going to have to wait and see. That's one thing I'm going to be looking at. And the second point is, I hope he makes the Raiders team and he starts that day one game because I'll be in Canton, Ohio watching it because I've already got my tickets. <laughs> and I think I told you I'll be there with you. So um, one one last thing and then we can move on for me. Um, if it comes to this point and they, they go to him after the preseason's over or before the season starts and they say, you know what, Colin, we appreciate you coming in. We're not going to have you be on the roster. We're going to have you be on the practice squad. Do you think he would take it? Yes or no? Yes. You think he would? Yes. I don't think he would. I think he would because of a couple of reasons. One, it's you're still able to get acquired from the practice squad. It's not like you can't be taken away, used and be put in a better situation throughout the year. Right. And two, it's more film. You're still involved in the game. It's not like you're doing a private workout on air. You're right. still getting your reps. Right. And there's still that chance. I, I mean, it's, it's. I think that's the big thing. It's. I get it. It's not a backup spot, but it's a chance. It's well, reps. And, and, here's, it's, and here's my thing, with it too. Based on everything we've seen, on the, from what we saw on the field back when he played, and when, the, again, uh, I'm not going to talk about it too much. I'm just going to bring it up. But his political stance, I think he thinks of himself too highly to take a practice squad position. I think that he thinks he can still be an NFL starter. I'm going to say no. I, I disagree. I, 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 you don't think he does? I'm starting to disagree because my whole stance on it before, I mean, before now, was I always thought that he wanted to be the starter. But it's kind of like now he's understanding of, I just want to get in the league 
whether that be a backup or not. And I don't know him personally, but this is based on the things I've read and heard. And then it's kind of like he's willing to be the backup if it means getting in the league again and showing what he can do. Right. And, and, and I think that's backup, why it's different. Being a backup, sure. But again, when it kind of, like I said, practice squad. Because not only do the Raiders have that film on him, but these other teams now do too. Because like I said, there are two or three other teams that could be interested in him. If they get out there and they see this film and that he doesn't look like a guy that they want to have on their team, but they would have on their practice squad, they're not going to go acquire him. I don't think the Raiders would use a practice squad on him anyway, because I think at the end of the day, my my opinion on it is they would say, hey, Colin, we brought you in. There's some good things. There's some bad things. Um, You got film. You got your name back on there. You got reps. Yeah. We don't – could you be on the practice squad? Yeah. But I think at that point, the Raiders would probably be more looking out after him saying, look, go out there and see if other team will pick you up. Yeah. Go out there. You have the film now. Yeah. And I think the the workout's kind of that first break of the barrier. As mm-hmm. you said, there's rumors out there that a couple more teams want it now. Yeah. So who knows? I mean, it's all speculation. I think one thing we can't deny is the story of it. I think it's right. I think it's a new element to the story. Right. So I think we're all, we're all in the same boat of we're anxious to see how it turns out. Yeah. Um, another thing that we're anxious to see how it turns out is the Pro Bowl thing going on now. Yeah. I mean, as it came out earlier this week that, the you know, Roger Goodell said that they're bringing up the Pro Bowl and changes that could be made, and even considering getting rid of it as a whole. So, Raceland, let me go ahead and start with you. I mean, do you think we should just move on from this Pro Bowl concept, or do you think there are things that can salvage the game that we know, the Pro Bowl game as we know it? Yeah. The, the only thing that I can think of that would even remotely be close to salvaging it would be moving the date back again, where it was after the Super Bowl. But I don't think they will because they want the Super Bowl to be their last football game of the season. Also moving it back to Hawaii. Because Hawaii was the destination to have it at. Um, I don't think either of those things are going to happen. So I don't think keeping the game around is doing anybody any justice. Um, I was looking at some of the possibilities they could run. They could run some maybe some seven on sevens instead. Do so, and looking at it, basically like what we see in the Pro Bowl skills challenges when they play dodgeball, when the kickers play kick tack toe. Um, no, the the these lineman challenges they have, these punting challenges. I think that's what it needs to be because there a, a lot of people still watch this, the Pro Bowl because it's football. Because it's NFL football, you may. It. it, it I, I was listening to. Um, uh, who was it today? Was it Common Man? Were you listening with me uh, when, yes. when it was Common Man? They yes. were talking about it. Yes. It seems like American Psycho. It's like, yeah, it's a it's a good thing, and you got to turn away, but you always find yourself at least glancing back at it every so often, just to kind of see what's going on. It's background noise. It basically It's is. like putting it's, a show you've seen a thousand times on while you're cleaning the house and, and you and, still pay and, attention. And they were talking about it and they said it's still one of the most watched, or it, it, I think they said it, it, it is the most watched um, all-star uh, game between the major four sports in America, um, being football, basketball, hockey, and baseball. Uh, so I think change, 
But then you got to look like the skills challenges. Those are really well perceived. Those are really well liked because you see guys outside of this football element watching them play dodgeball, watching these kickers play kick tack toe, uh, watching them run these these receivers drills. You got to run one here. You got to make this catch. You got to go over here and make a sideline catch. Um, when it comes to the relay race, that's a fun thing to watch too. I think the, the the fans anymore, especially I know I do. I'm not gonna lump every fan, um, but I, I've heard from from some of my friends and, and guys that I've just listened to on the radio, whatever. They want they'd rather see more of these personality side of guys, these these, these having fun things. Now it looks like yeah, these guys are having fun in the Pro Bowl, but it's still a football game. You want to see them going out and having fun and, and acting like normal humans. As well, opposed to superstars that are on TV week in and week out. I think you're right on that point because what's the most common thread about the Tom Brady story now? It's outside of New England, he's showing a personality. He's yeah. not this machine, it right. seems like. He's a hum- he, he's shown his human side, Yeah. Um, whether it be on TikTok or cracking jokes. Like, we're starting – we're all like, man, this guy was pretty funny. We yeah. never would have thought it. Yeah. So now he's doing the match. Mm-hmm. I mean – I think you're right to the point of we want to see the human side of things because it's it makes us feel like one of them in an aspect. We start to get to know them personally. Yeah. I mean, I know you and I are both wrestling fans, so this is what I'm going to turn to is why do wrestling fans love you know wrestling podcasts that talk about behind the scenes, talk about p- the people behind the curtain? Right. It's because we're so fascinated with the actual person behind the character. Yeah. Same can be said about the NFL game. It's exactly. we're so, we want to be fascinated with the person behind the helmet, behind the jersey. Yes, because we all know we hear they're more than a player, and they are absolutely more than players. Yes, but we want to get to know that player as much as we can without knowing them. Well, and that's why I like watching uh, shows like when it comes to Hard Knocks. Like the Cardinals are going to be on the in season version of Hard Knocks this year. I'm excited to see. Yes, it. I watch the Cardinals YouTube channel because they put out videos. Uh, leading up to the season and then maybe the first few games into the season of, you know, here's what's going on right now. Like, like I, I they talked about um, after DeAndre Hopkins was traded for that. They talked about that for a little while. Um, it goes in depth and shows so, what some of these guys do at practice, how practice is kind of rough. These are interesting things to watch because again, it gets you behind the helmet. Exactly. It gets you to see these guys actual personality. Now, uh, I, I I watch Twitch every once in a while, and Kyler Murray plays on Twitch, and he shows a little bit of personality when it comes to that. So just seeing another side of these guys outside of the whole, he hey, he's my favorite football player. I can watch him on Twitch. Yes. I can see him on Hard Knocks. I can watch him on YouTube with, with the Cardinals organization. Yes. It, it, it's It's fascinating. It really is fascinating, and it's exciting to see that these other that these guys, like you said, they're not just football players; they're actual humans, they're people. Yeah, because it didn't used to be that way. I mean, no. it, I mean, especially in the early two thousands, you know, when me, you, and I first started knowing the game of football, knowing yeah. the NFL, all you really saw of them was on the TV on Sunday, and that was it. Right, um, and, and you see guys now who played back in the day, like Michael Irvin and Terry Bradshaw, and you see how goofy these guys can be. It's hilarious. It's like, you know, if, if they had this kind of technology uh, and precedence, or not precedence, but like social media aspect and, and precedence that way, 
if they had that back then, I mean, it, it would have been, it would have made for great TV. And that's what it is. I mean, at the end of the day, too, I mean, in the, in a, in the eyes of football fans, I know I take it very passionately. Um, I, I don't want to say personally, I want because I wouldn't be the right, but we care about the outcome on Sundays and we care about the outcome of the season because we're passionate fans. Yeah. The, the game of football, now, out of the core four in America, I'm not going to sit there and say, because soccer overseas, man, they that fan base is passionate. Yeah. But out of the core four in the United States, there is no passion like NFL football. Mm-hmm. There isn't. Look at the television ratings, look at the attendance, look at the money. Just no diff- no right. comparison. Look right. at it. It's facts. There, I know there's a thing going around on TikTok, and it, it, it made its rounds for about six months ago, and it's making its rounds again. Um, it's what spectacle would you rather watch? Uh, a Game 7 of the World Series, and this is all based on, like, if, you're, if your favorite team's in it. Would you rather watch Game 7 of the World Series, Game 7 of, of an NBA championship game, uh, Game 7 of an NHL championship game, or the Super Bowl? A lot of people vote on the Super Bowl. It's because it's the big, the biggest spectacle on earth. Like yes, well, outside of WrestleMania, but I mean, again, 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 but again, I, as a as a fellow wrestling fan, I hear you about WrestleMania, but that's worldwide. It's worldwide, and it's not just strictly here, but also it's becoming that. Yes, I mean, if you really want to look at it, look at the Super Bowl, they have. They had, they, crying out loud, they had The Rock do a 10-minute promo on the on the field. The yeah, players didn't they, know what they, was going on. They did, yeah. Like, the players were like, get off the field, man. Like, yeah, we, we have a game to play. But, but the, the stars are coming out. Yeah. But to your back to your original point, it's the Super Bowl is literally – I there's so many stars in the NFL, but the Super Bowl is, is bigger than – it's almost bigger than the game. It almost it, it, is. It, yeah, because you look at like the cheapest uh, commercial you can run is like three point eight million dollars. Commercials. Look at the, the just to get in the gate to the game. Five thousand dollars for a nosebleed so, seat. And plus, I think too, it's my close second would be the MLB Game Seven of the World Series. Yes. NBA be third. Sorry, hockey. No, I love hockey, but again. I mean, well, that's actually a toss-up because I'd love to see the Suns in a – I mean, just watching them last season being in the playoffs and in the championship game against the Bucks, I loved it. I didn't think they'd win. No. And I didn't figure they'd win it this year. Obviously, they got beat by the Mavericks in, in six games. But um, I would rather watch – well, I can't know. And, I, again, I can't say I'd rather watch the Blue Jackets win because, obviously, they've never been. Um to the, the Stanley Cup play, the championship game. So that's a between those two teams it's a toss up, but I would rather watch again the Cardinals in the Super Bowl. I'd rather see then it goes to the Guardians in in the World Series. I mean, we just saw that back in 2016. Unfortunately, the wrong team won. <laughs> but but <laughs> and I'm only saying that because you're a Cubs. Well, fan. right, but but even if you talk about it the way I look at it is this. What other core four like you said in that in that poll, what other championship game gets the coverage like the Super Bowl? Literally, when the Super Bowl it's Super Bowl week, you can turn on ESPN. They're not talking hardly basketball. No, you well, it, They're it, not it, talking it, baseball. It, They're it's, not talking. It's televised on like three or four different channels. That's what I'm saying. There is no 
that's how you know it's bigger than any of the four, and the ratings prove well, it. And, but and, it's just and, facts. And here's the thing, too. Yeah, so uh, one of the other guys that I did the podcast with, I can't remember which which guy it was. I want to say it may have been Dalton. Um, said that you look at these other three as opposed to Super Bowl. Those are a best of seven series. And the he's Super right. Bowl is one game. You have to be on your A game for that one game. When it comes to a best of seven, you don't want to take a night off, but you don't have to be on your A plus game like you do when it comes to the Super Bowl. So you're getting the best of every player in the Super Bowl as opposed to getting the best of every player in the in the ML in an MLB championship series in the NHL and the NBA. Right, but when you talk about a game seven, when it comes to a game like, seven, it's it, yeah, it's different. Game but, seven, but then still. But the, here's the, but the reality of it too is when it, the the advantage that they kind of have when it comes to a seven game series is the fact of literally that one series has so many story arcs. Yes, because I mean the the game seven that and when you when you tell me game seven, the first thing that comes to mind it's not the Cubs and the Indians in 2014, it's the Miami Heat Spurs series. Back when literally it was three two, they rolled out the trophy for yep. the Spurs, and Ray Allen hits that corner three. Yep. But well, they don't have that very much. Like, I watched the series, and nothing has caught my attention like that series had series since. Maybe one that the Golden State Warriors won the three one league. That was yep. a talk about a series. Talk about emotional roller coaster, especially for Cleveland. Yep. But you don't get that often. No, you don't. So. And and to your point of the Super Bowl, I think what fascinates so many people is one, it's a great social gathering. Yes, you can't get that many people to watch a Game Seven of the World Series. You're not going to get that many people to watch basketball. But yeah. you know what they can do? Because you know why? Because basketball is so this. Baseball is not so much. I think it's too slower a pace for yeah. for a gathering. And basketball hockey, is too much. Hockey like, is the same way. Too fast. And it's too slow. Some people would say too slow. But for a gathering to you know eat chicken wings, go have a beer, go yeah. chit chat in the corner, yeah, it's too fast. To where football, that if you're not really interested in the game, but you want to know what's in the game, yeah, you can easily be like, oh, you hear people cheering, oh, I got, let me go see what happened. You see the replay, right, right. To where basketball, well, and, there's and, so many and, points. And again, going back to my point about the uh, the commercials, a lot of people watch the Super Bowl if you don't like football. You'll watch it for the commercials. Yeah. A lot of people watch the Super Bowl for the commercials. So great. Whether you're a football fan or not. And the halftime show. Like, and the halftime show. And that's the thing. Like, there's so many things that they and, – and that's a like great you, point. Like, like you said, it, like you, you pointed it out. You put it the best way possible. It is a spectacle. It's a spectacle. It is a it's not a game. It's a great spectacle. It's, it's it, beyond it, a game. It, 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 well, yeah. At this point, it seems like it's more, like you said, more of a spectacle than a game. You have the spectacle of it. The game is a big part of it, but then just as much of it is halftime show, commercials. Well, let me tell you too, Ray. So, I mean, you know this, but I was in Jacksonville at the time. I lived in Jacksonville when they held the Super Bowl Yeah, back in Super Bowl 39. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you something. It wasn't anywhere like it is now. Like, when you see what it is now and it's like, dang, like how, how much they've elevated their yeah. game. Yeah. But even then, like you had the NFL experience in town for three or four days where it's like a carnival, but it's all football related. Yeah. You still had the concerts. There's still celebrities walking all over. You felt the energy. Literally where I lived at the time, whenever the, you know, the team scored in mm-hmm. that game, it was mostly the Patriots. But whenever they scored, you saw the fireworks from my front porch. Like when they won the game and they were doing the trophy ceremony, yeah. I saw the fireworks display. Yeah. I mean, 
it's the energy that the Super Bowl brings to that town because it did help the revenue of that town so much. And like I said, that was back in Super Bowl 39 in like 2005. Yeah. So you're talking 17 years ago to now what it is? Dude, like it, it's just – it's a spectacle and it, it it benefits the city tremendously. It benefits everybody. Um, but when it comes to the Pro Bowl, unfortunately, it's quite the opposite. It's not a spectacle it's, anymore. Um, it used to be. Sure. It used oh, to be absolutely. a spectacle. Yeah, because back then it meant something. And the only again, now I want to point out one more thing. And it, I know it's not going to happen because they choose the location ahead of time. What they ought to do is they ought to pick two stadiums, one NFC, one AFC. The winner of that soup of the the Pro Bowl the year before. So let's say let, let's say the NFC goes in this year and wins. Into this coming season, the NFC wins. The NFC, that NFC stadium, is then the host of the Super Bowl. Well, I hear you, but it will never work because of this reason. Money. It's not even money. I think it is. It's not because a a city to prepare for a Super Bowl, they need all that time. Well, and that's why I said do it the year before. I'm not saying do it like. Have it have the AFC Championship or the the uh, Pro Bowl the week before the Super Bowl and be like, well the NFC won so we're going to hold it in in State Farm Stadium in Arizona next week. No, that's obviously not going to happen. No, that, no. that's what I'm saying. You have a year to prepare. But but the, the thing with that too is, and I'm going to get criticized for saying this, but let's say it's the Packers' year to win. Yes. Uh, no. No. Like, you're not, you can't have the Super Bowl outdoors in the frozen tundra. Like, no, no, no. It's, that, it's, and, that, and that's why I said, and that's why I said you, going into the Pro Bowl, you pick two stadiums that are viable. So let's say the AFC one is Jacksonville. Okay. You play at TIA Bank Field. The second, or the one for the NFC, is State Farm Stadium in Arizona for the Cardinals, where it's being held at this coming season. Um, you go in, so let's say we go into the Pro Bowl this year, knowing that those two are the viable option. If the AFC wins, the Super Bowl next year is held in Jacksonville. If the NFC wins, the Super Bowl is held in Arizona. I hear you still, but because I... Because then that would I, give that NFC or AFC home type... But it's advantage. not. Like, it's still... It, it's. I hear you there, but I just don't think... That's realistic, um, obviously, but I don't think teams are still going to be like, well, it doesn't benefit us. We're still not playing in our stadium. Why would we care? Um, well, then, well, and and then that's how it's it's devoted. Is you're looked at as that home team then? Yeah, and I hear, if, but if, so let's it say, doesn't change anything so, whether you're so wearing the red, the the dark, or the, the the white uniform. It doesn't matter. Like there is no, no home. It, no, it it will though because if you look at it, let's say let's say that scenario plays out. And you have a rematch. You have the Rams versus the Bengals. Okay. The Bengals are the home team. So then the Rams get the coin flip. If they're in Arizona, the Bengals get the coin flip. That's a huge, huge thing. You the want the coin time, flip. And that's what I'm saying. The last six Super Bowls, the per, the team who won the coin flip didn't win the game. But, again, it, but I hear you still, but at the same time, like oh, and, and that's why that's why I said before it's not going to happen. But one thing that is for certain, though, one thing uh, back, Pro Bowl is dreadful. Yeah, Pro Bowl is bad. I mean, 
you look at I the, didn't even watch it this past season. I don't know about you. I didn't watch it. You and a lot of people. They only had 6.69 million. I was at my parents' house. I was house-sitting them for them for the weekend because they were at their camper at their campground. So I was house-sitting for them. I had the Pro Bowl on, but I was playing my Nintendo Switch most of the time. And that's the thing. I mean, it's... Dude, it, and one thing that bugs me about the Pro Bowl, it's it feels like they're going 70%. And don't get me wrong, I understand why. You don't want to get hurt in the Pro Bowl, miss time. Well, and I get it, but if that if we're so concerned about that, and I get it, if I had a million dollars on the line, yeah, I would be too. Right. Well, and so but if and, you're that concerned, then let's not do it. Well, and, and again, I bring it up the point of the skills challenges. The skills challenges are great. You look back at the Pro Bowl, if, uh, really any time, you see offensive linemen taking handoffs because it's just a joke anymore. It's just a game. You see offensive linemen running the football. You see. Defensive ends, I remember J.J. Watt a couple of years ago played tight end and caught a touchdown pass. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a joke anymore. But, Rayson, it's been that way because and I know- when you're told you can't blitz, you're told you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do this. Uh, there's so many rule changes within the game, let alone the, the personnel decisions. And I get it. It's just, it's done. I mean, And that's and, why and, I think it needs to go to the skills challenge. But also, Rayson, no, I think it's truly hurt it. It's a popularity contest anymore. Oh, yeah. Like I told you how many times now since we've known each other, I don't give a rat's ass well how many Pro Bowls you've been to. Give me an All-Pro. Give me an All-Pro. Anymore, that's what matters. Give me an All-Pro because you know what? Pro Bowl, yeah, so what? You're a Pro Bowler. Well, you can be a Pro Bowler if you're the fifth-voted guy because why? Well, so-and-so is in the Super Bowl. So-and-so declined out. So-and-so is like, ah, I don't really want to go play. Well, and, and look, at, look at it from this perspective. It, it totally is a popularity contest because how do they vote on the Pro Bowl? Fans. The fans. Then that's exactly Patrick it. Patrick Mahomes could have an ass of a year and he's still going to get voted in because he's Patrick Mahomes. Raceland, for crying out loud, Mac Jones just got in. Mac Jones didn't have an pro, all-pro year. He didn't have a Pro Bowl well, year. Well, and again, that, that brings up your point of um, Joe Burrow was in the, in, the pro, in the Super Bowl and a couple other guys dropped out. Josh Allen was supposed to be there. I think he dropped out. Pretty sure he dropped out. I don't think he dropped out. I mean, it, so Matt, so based on like what you said, Super Bowl players, and then guys who just don't want to play the Pro Bowl because they don't care, my they th- drop out, and then guys like Mike Jones gets in. My viewpoint of the Pro Bowl is is it's if we're going to make it a popularity contest, then let's make it a popularity slash popular field day for the players. Again, if you want, if you, I think that's the only way you can do it. And instead of doing it four nights, do it Sunday, all day Sunday. Boom, marathon Sunday or two days. You do some of it Saturday, some of it Sunday. Skills challenge. Be- uh, because so- one thing it did. Because what is one thing people love? You know this better than anybody because you're a wrestling fan. What is something that people would lo- love? Storylines. No. Well, yes, but no. I, I don't know what you're going at here. Live television. Yes. It affects it when it's dark outside in Ohio, and it's daylight in Orlando because it screams recorded. It yeah. takes me out of it, at least. No, it does me. Well, and I'll tell you what, because when they first started the skill challenges, they would actually have them on TV live. Yeah. And then they went to, well, we're going to record it. We'll play it Thursday night at 7. Because if I remember correctly, is is all the NBA skill? I mean, that's all live. That's all live. So do the same thing in NFL. Look. Well, and, and 
this year, they played on TV for like an hour. They said, okay, we're going to show you one or two things we did at the Skills Challenge. The rest you got to go watch on YouTube. I'd rather sit on my couch and watch it all on TV. I'd rather sit down an entire Saturday and then maybe even an entire Sunday and watch Skills Challenge. I think that's the only way you can go at this point. I don't think there's a turning back. I think get rid of the the, the moniker of Pro Bowler. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's yeah. just not the same like it was. Yeah. It's, and, and, and you let the fans decide who do they want to see in the Skills Challenge. Yeah. Because everyone's going to be like, well, what's stopping the Chiefs fans from voting all Chiefs? Well, let me tell you something. As a football fan... If your team, let's say, let's say for example, I'm gonna use the Jaguars, right? Because no, yeah. Jacksonville hasn't had a Pro Bowler since probably Josh Allen's rookie year or something like since Jalen Ramsey, whatever. Didn't Chark make it one year? He did. It was a 2019 alternate, yeah. and he made it. So yeah. 2019. If so, no one could cares about the Jags right now, right? But let's say Trevor Lawrence becomes the guy that everybody thinks he can be, mm-hmm. or let's say. Josh Allen becomes this guy that everyone can't be. Or let's say, or or let's say, here's another example. Trayvon Walker. (laughs) Like, people are going to vote for the, the, because they are superstars. They want to see them outside of that that market. Right. And you you bring up that point, and here's mine to it. James Robinson wasn't a pro bowler. Had a thousand yards rushing. Had a great season. Didn't make the pro bowl. Why? Because he plays in Jacksonville. It was one of fifteen teams. He plays in Jacksonville. He was, teams don't know him because he plays in Jacksonville. I'm sorry, and I know you know it's right. That's true. It I, it's it, and I, I admit it. Yeah, that's why I think if you make if you make the All Pro team, you you you're that quote unquote now Pro Bowler. You go to that schools challenge. If you don't want to go, you don't have to. Then they go to the next guy. They need to bring in guys who are actually good and not based on popularity. It, like I said, if Mahomes goes out and have an ass season... He's going to be in. He's going to be in. But then you look at, like, Trevor Lawrence, if he's the fourth best quarterback in the AFC this season, he's not going to make that quote-unquote Pro Bowl now because Patrick Mahomes did. He had an ass season. Let's say Patrick Mahomes is the 10th best quarterback in the AFC for some reason. Let's say, Let's say based on injury. Let's say he's injured most of the season, but he still gets voted to the Pro Bowl. To where Trevor Lawrence goes out here and throws 30 touchdowns and only 10 picks. 4,000 yards. Yeah. And he wins 9, 10 games. Trevor Lawrence is going to get votes, but not as many as what Mahomes would. Well, just from my viewpoint of it, too, is, you know, they build the Pro Bowl. What they build the Pro Bowl to be? What they always say? What is the whole build up the Pro Bowl? When you watch hear the, Watch the greatest players play. That but what what else? Go beyond that. What do they call it? I don't know. They call it a celebration. Oh, the celebration of the season. Celebration of the season. Yeah, we're celebrating it by watching people jog around a field. Which don't get me wrong, I'm not criticizing because I understand why. They'd rather have fun on the on the sidelines as opposed to playing. Games. So if we're going to celebrate, what are we doing in school race? So think about. It. What do we do in grade school when we celebrate the school year? Watch movies. Okay, well, maybe you guys didn't do it, but we had field day in Florida. Well, we had field day too. But that... but, but what is field day? It's a, 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 a mix match 
of activities that you played. Yes. And then at and you were in you had the red shirts on, you had the green shirts, you had the gray shorts. Now at, at least in my grade school, you were, it was by class. Like you, you know, you got the third grade, uh, so and so's homeroom, yeah. whatever. But you're competing. You're still competing because you want to win a prize. Let's say it's if it was me. Here's what here's what I would like to see. I would like to see them split up into eight divisions. Use your divisions. HT, AFC South gets a division and so on, right? You read my mind. You go in your divisions. It's a weekend of thing. And then the winner can get, I think they should take the, let's say they receive, let's say, a $2 million prize. Yeah. I would like to see them give that to a charity after the fact. Yes. And to make it more community based, a charity within the region. Right. I would like to see that because not only is it giving the fans something to watch, but it's giving the players something to play for because they're going to want to win the money for the charity yeah. and they get to have fun and it hits where they're at. That's where, that's why I think it would matter where the Pro Bowl is too because now you're hitting the community. Which is a great PR thing for the NFL, and I think the the way to go about that would be to to do a seven on seven because obviously, again, like you said earlier, these guys aren't going to want to go out and they're not going to want to play one hundred percent and get hurt. It can be a seven on seven, but dude, I mean, it could be dodgeball. It could be but, anything. It could be a mix match of things. But I mean, and maybe the final event is a seven on seven, or something of that. I caliber. mean, I, I would love to see the NFC West go out and have Kyler Murray throwing touchdowns to DK Metcalf or having Matthew Stafford throwing touchdowns to DeAndre Hopkins. I would love every bit of that because then not only do you get to, to watch your team, but you get to watch teams in your division, teams that you hate, mm-hmm. teams that you hate mm-hmm. to watch. You want them to win. Mm-hmm. It's a great feeling, especially you add that whole charity aspect into it. And again, you read my mind perfectly because I've brought this up before. You take each division and you make the best team you can. Mm-hmm. You now the way I would do it is you have the you could do it a couple different ways. You get the owners the the owners of the four teams together and they they pick a charity to donate to, or or you just go to each of the players that are playing and let them vote. I always go with the players because they're the guys that are going to be competing for the money. I think when it comes to the Pro Bowls, no offense to the owners, but if we're let's say we go that route what we are just discussing. Owners should have no say what charity gets what. Right. It should be because we're celebrating the players on the field and we're letting them have fun and be with it. It should be more personal to them. Okay. That's why I think it should come from them because they're the ones competing for it and it affects them because it, we're celebrating. We, when is the last time you saw an owner at a Pro Bowl? I don't think I've ever seen one. And, and, Unless it's Jerry Jones or something. Right. But it's a celebration of the season mainly because of the players Right. Let the players decide where the charity well, goes. And, and because I, they're the ones that are going to be there on TV participating. I, so I know it's not going to happen, but it's something I would like to see to kind of get to know the NFL front office a little bit more. Because if you pull up a random team, there's a chance I'm probably not going to know who their GM is. There's a chance I may not know who their owner is off the top of my head. These are doing podcasts like this. These are things we have to do research on. Mm-hmm. We have to know like who we're talking about. So have something along the lines of, I don't know, 
what you would do, but do something with the front office, with the GMs, with the owners. Do something. Let them get involved a little bit. I'm not saying as much as the, the players. But if you have them do, let's say, it, even something as simple as, like, you televise a trivia night where you take, going back to the same aspect, you take the four owners from those divisions, you have them split up into eight teams by division, you take the four owners, the four GMs, uh, you, you take, like, Four or five people, well, no, I, I should say that. You take two people from your front office, and you let them go and play trivia night against the other divisions. You're teamed up with, with other teams in, in your conference, other people in your conference. Now, okay, I, I shouldn't say that. Well, let me, hold on. Let me take the idea. we got to wrap things up. We're way over. We're getting there. Well, we're way over. But let me take the idea and twist it a little bit before we end the show. Not the owners. I don't think fans want more from the owners. I, I just think that's the vibe I get. I don't. And, and I know there are, there are fans who hate their owners. I don't hate my owner. I, I love, love Shot Collins. I love I, I love Michael Bidwell. I think a lot of people, but it's not even the fact that people hate the owners. I think they just don't want. I don't think they'll tune in to see a trivia night. But the owners, however, to stick with your trivia night idea, why don't you bring in alumni, veterans, retirees that come to the trivia night? Because could you imagine Peyton Manning, Pat McAfee, and who like and some other guys on the same trivia team as Eli Manning and something like that? Like, come on, that'd be hilarious. Like Eli Manning and Michael Strahan versus Pat McAfee and Peyton Manning. That that's what what people would tune in to see. Uh, yeah. That's something I would like to see as a trivia night, but with the alumni because not only you as a week celebration of the season. But it's also a celebration of the past because, quite frankly, the only time we get that is the first week of August. And I think we should do it more. Um, and they should do it more throughout the season as, you know, the NFL homecomings. Yeah. Let's bring out the red shirt uniforms, bring out, you know, more players and so forth. But that's another discussion for another day. Yep. But, racing, like I said earlier, we're, we're way overboard. We're at an hour and about 15 minutes. Yeah, we'll be all right. So, man, it was a good conversation. So, yeah. we didn't want to cut it short. But we will have to wait and see what the final verdict is on the NFL Pro Bowl. But with that being said, I'm James, and that was Raceland. And we'll see you here next time on your favorite football podcast.